0: This is the Mobile Tech Podcast brought to you by WorldPodcasts.com. Now, here's your host, tech Girl Miriam Joar.
1: Brought to you by Audible. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joar, and today is Friday, April 29th, 2022, and I have the excellent Narav. Hello, darling. It's nice to be back. Yes, of course. I'm so glad you made it. Look, you know, I haven't had you on in a while, and I was just like, oh, I really need to get Narav on again. And we finally made it work. It's taken a few tries, but here we are. So thanks for being on the show. And of course, let's talk about some news items and some reviews. Have you been able to look at the stuff? Have you read some of these... Nord N25G reviews from OnePlus out there?
0: I have. Now, I've got to say, it feels like they're going back to their roots in some way, where it's good value. You know, it looks good, it reminds me of the OnePlus X in so many ways.
1: It does, right?
0: But come on. They the biggest mistake they've made is this stupid naming scheme.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're not going to be able to change that now because they have. So, you know, let's rewind it a little bit. What we're really talking about here is, the you know, the new OnePlus Nord N25G. I, I covered it on last week's show when it was announced, but I reviewed it. My review for Hot Hardware will be in the show notes. And, you know, let's go through a history of this because, you know, the Nord came out in the summer of 2020 And it was a true return to form. It was really Carpe's final effort at OnePlus to really sing to the fans, right? We can all agree on that. Would you say?
0: Yeah, I think in many ways, if you think about OnePlus at its root, it was bringing, it was that idea of affordable flagship. And as they suddenly just went to, well, we're going to charge the same price as everybody else. The Nord became that throwback to it their root their that that original this is this is one plus as we know it
1: and they did a good job with it. I think they managed to nail that, and I think Carl drove that really hard because he was in charge of that whole thing, but then we found out that wasn't coming to the u s and so our consolation prize was the n series, the Nord n. 10 5G and the Nord N100 were the first for the U.S. And they were, unlike the Nord, which was almost a flagship, but in a kind of a competitive segment of the $500-ish price point, like premium mid-range, you know, affordable pseudo-flagship. The N-series was really kind of way further down there. So the N10 5G came out at $300. And, you know, some of the compromises it made was, you know, an LCD instead of an OLED. It was still a high refresh rate. It had a Snapdragon 690 5G. It had, you know, a 64 megapixel camera that wasn't very good because it's an Omnivision sensor. You know, a crappy 8 megapixel ultra wide. You know, it was no alert slider. It was very plasticky, very generic. It had a fingerprint sensor mounted in the back. I reviewed it and I wasn't a big fan. It was okay. You still had that snappy OnePlus experience. Somehow they managed to make it work because Oxygen OS at the time was still its own thing. And it was okay, but it was like, meh. And, and it we were kind of put off, right? The N100, I'm not even going to talk about because it's a 4G phone and it was very affordable. And I never played with it, so I don't know. But then we got the N200 5G last year and that was 240 US dollars. And lo and behold, it didn't look like a generic phone anymore. It had a personality. It looked more like an Oppo. And that makes a lot of sense now because they were merging at the time. But it, it was in a good way. Like there are some Oppos that I like and some Oppos that I don't. This was more like a Reno and it worked. It had the funky colors, like, you know, the, the gradient. And it was plastic, but it felt much nicer. Most importantly, it was $240 and it kicked butt for that. It had Oxygen OS pre-color OS, so it was fast. It ran on a Snapdragon 480, which looked like it was going to be a disaster, but it actually did okay with that. And again, the same LCD display as the N10, 90 hertz. And, you know, cameras were just an afterthought. But here's the thing, Narav: That phone's cameras were actually better than the 64 megapixel because they were well-tuned. They were a known sensor. They're just like a 13 megapixel or something. So fast forward to today, and we get this N20 5G. And I was like, okay, this could go very wrong or very right. And, and you know, within the within the N series, right? Like you, it's not going to be a Nord. It's not going to be a Nord 2. By the way, you got the Nord 2 last summer in 21. And that thing was just as great as the original Nord. It was MediaTek powered instead of Snapdragon powered, but whatever. But we should also talk about the... India market that got the you know R series and the CE series, and I think Europe got the CE series. So it's they fragmenting their their lineup so much in this mid lower mid range, right? Like, what do you think their strategy is here? Like, what's going on? I don't get it. Like, I think
0: everyone, and it's not just OnePlus and Oppo. I think everyone has looked at Xiaomi and right. gone, we. We can do that. Part and spinning. The, yeah. And it's literally like... They are the
1: kings of part spinning, Xiaomi. They're
0: taking the same thing. However, I don't see a lot of people ever acknowledge that the most famous manufacturer in the world is also doing the same bloody thing. Apple, if you look at the parts there and the... And the the second set of phones, like your SE2 and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know
0: what? It's all designed to be the same thing. And it makes a lot of sense from a supply chain. Well, if we buy this, we know we can build for X number of phones. Samsung's doing it. So you first got to say credit to Xiaomi because they've indirectly in many ways and directly spun off a you know the industry as we know it. To go back to OnePlus, the thing is, what's the difference between OnePlus Oppo, Vivo, they're all BBK. Realme, B- realme. E- e- v-
1: Vivo is in its own world out there. But they're all BBK companies. And Realme to me is the new OnePlus. Like, Realme yeah. is really where it's at. Like, I that's why I don't understand why we have that proliferation of Nord, like, and and Cs and Rs. Like, I can understand the core. Like, we have OnePlus flagships, core. We have the Nord, you know, mid-range, like premium mid range you know, we should have like a set of phones that are across the board for this N-series and C stuff. But why did they differentiate them? It doesn't seem to make much sense to me from a cost-effectiveness point of view. I
0: think it's because... They're so close. The other brands cannot sell in much of Western markets. Right. But the biggest kind of... You know, the biggest issue I think we foresee, you know, in foreseeing this is they are diluting the OnePlus brand, a brand that but that's what I'm had saying. a lot of value and like could be derived value. It started making inroads. That said, you know, last year, death of LG. So the death of a whole bunch of small mid-range phones
1: that carriers love. Well, in the US, the N series makes sense. And we would talk about the N20 a bit more in a second. But I feel like it's the C I don't understand. Like, to me, Core Edition should be the N series. It should be the same phones. Like, you have Realme as a differentiating brand in India already. Why do you need the C OnePlus brand in addition to the R brand, in addition to the, you know, main and then the Nord on top of that?
0: Well, let me ask you a question. And there'll be some people who take what I say as potentially xenophobic. It is not designed to be. Okay let me I'm I'm prefacing this with that okay what has always been the biggest issue with and I'm going to locate this with specifically with chinese companies versus the big korean companies and you know american companies what is the what is the one thing that they fundamentally kind of always seem to I'd say fail at
1: uh, do tell
0: it's their understanding and the way they market to Western audiences.
1: Oh, yes. But that's so no doubt.
0: The problem we have here is with OnePlus, uh, that's, I was going to say with OnePlus and Oppo homogenizing stuff, I think the better way is with BBK calling the shots now firmly for OnePlus, whereas when Carl was around, it was very much a, we're our own brand. Yeah, like Vivo. Yeah. OnePlus is taking the same routes that the rest of that company does, which is, let's throw a bunch of stuff and see what works, but we don't mind because we're just throwing lots of stuff out there and we'll bamboozle No, no,
1: I understand that. I'm just saying that actually what you're saying is not correct for the US. The US strategy is very clear. You have the flagships and the N-series. There is no confusion it's here. It's perfect
0: for the US, but it's the rest
1: of the world. We don't get Realme, right? We don't get Realme. So it's not everything's fine. But I'm talking about India. It doesn't make sense in India when they already have Realme, Oppo, to have both the CE series and the R series and the Nord series. Like, I, so I know that the actually, Indian market is very unique that way. But if you look at Xiaomi, Their phones are almost identical except cosmetic differences. Whereas what BBK Group is doing is actual small variations. They're actually, you know, like you can take a Redmi Note 11 Pro Plus 5G and it's exactly the same phone as the Poco X4 Pro 5G. The only difference is the chip and the charging speed, right? That's simple to to understand. But when you look at the CE, series versus the N series there's enough difference and then you look at Realme, what they're doing and you're like wait a minute you you literally have it's not like yes they're part spinning bbk but they're not doing what general motors did in the 80s and 90s which is like oldsmobile makes the same car as chevy but it's slightly badged differently right so i think it seems like a cost thing. It seems like you're spending money to make these variations, and it's just not necessary when you have already got three brands in that market.
0: Well, here's the thing. There is also a I reckon there's a desire to flood that market and don't forget Why? there is a there is a huge sentiment in India right now with the whole made in India thing, yeah, which could be playing part into it. Some of these might be designed to be made in India and they're branded slightly differently because they want to be leveraging that, you know, the taxes and whatever. And there's, there is a whole thing there that I, even I don't bloody understand and I spend enough time <laughs> looking at it. But what is, what I think it fundamentally comes down to is it's literally like, can they flood the market with as many brands as possible? And as many, uh um you know, everything is possible so that they have a greater chance of someone picking up their one of their products versus everybody else. And there was a time where, I remember this in the UK, that was the strategy for the UK when it was, and even for the US. So I think India as a market is just going through that, where everyone's like, flood it. And then two years from now, we will start to see it go to the point where where it's decision fatigue. So everyone's like, let's pay all back. Yeah,
1: consolidation is going to have to happen at some point because it's more cost-effective, right?
0: But for now, it's like flood it and hope for the best.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's my only take on this is that like, okay, you know, in the context of this N25G, I think the US is very compartmentalized. It's very clear, right? And as you said- it looks good. Well, let's talk about the phone in a sec, but in terms of market, like apparently- OnePlus has grown three X in the U.S. alone just from the N series. Like even though the N10, the original, was kind of lackluster, the N200 was great. This N20 is great, but it's they're eating they're eating Moto's lunch in many ways. But Moto claims that they're still number three in the U.S. And seeing Moto's latest offerings, we talked about this last week, and it was like. Really disappointing for the, the pricing on those was is so wrong those Moto phones. So um, they remind
0: me of. Do you know what they remind me of? They remind me of Sony in so many ways, where they might make like some of their phones are actually really nice. No, yeah? the
1: phones are good. It's just the pricing is completely off. Five hundred dollars for the Stylus Five G. Are you kidding
0: me? They have a inflated sense of self worth in such a way that it feeds into their marketing. And remember, we saw this with Sony. Do you remember when Sony tried to launch a $1,000 compact phone? Yes. That was like, <laughs> yeah, not even a full HD screen. And you're like, yeah. are you nuts? Like someone somewhere is making bad decisions. But I guess the reason they try and price it at that is also because Moto is not selling these directly. They're taking that price at that. MSRP pricing, and then you go into a Verizon store and pick up one of these. It's like, here, here's $5 a month. Well, that's
1: exactly right. You know, that's the thing. Like, these phones end up in the discount bin uh, within a month of being released, and they sell at the price they should be selling at. So maybe that's the strategy. But I feel like...
0: It's a $500 phone that over two years, you're only paying $150 for. Yeah,
1: because of the carrier tie-in, 100%. But it's still... I still it's still hard to digest when they sell us these phones like as media like they pitch us these phones and say like oh look we made a mid-ranger you know with a crappy 50 megapixel camera and a capacitive stylus for 500 are you kidding me like no
0: the one thing they haven't done that I think we're all blo- all waiting for is give us a new razor well <sighs> prove that they can make something that is aspirational, because I'll tell you something for Samsung, there's a lot of people out there who can't afford a Fold, or a Flip, or even the S22 range, but because they're phones that are inherently aspirational, and the same thing applies to Apple with the, late, with the top end, because these are phones that are inherently aspirational and people aspire to, they then have the ability to sell the one at half the price that's Sixty percent as good, and to most people, it's like. And I know this from working in retail for all those years. I got a Samsung. I'm happy with it because it's a Samsung. Motorola doesn't isn't aspirational. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But but you have to understand the more problem is the razors is priced more than the flip, and it's a worst phone. Like
0: yes. However, TCL
1: they- is the company who needs to come out with that Chicago phone. That's what needs to happen. Because that's the phone which
0: I have in PA, and it's really bloody nice. Yeah, with
1: you know, with the uh, carrier tie-ins, that phone could be undercut Samsung and actually, you know, make it. But I don't think Moto is ever in a price point position where they can compete with Samsung because their prices are inflated. So even if they made a phone that, with carrier subsidies, would be cheaper than the Flip they still wouldn't succeed in selling it because when we would review it, we'd say this is overpriced.
0: That's true. However, I do think that there was, you know, the Razer 5G, for example, fixed a lot of problems. Now, oh, it
1: did, but it was too late.
0: Yeah. If Moto was to bring a Razer 2 that was fundamentally a good phone and was slightly overpriced, but was forthcoming, the problem is when we go see a Samsung of the world, they tell us hey this is our these this is the price but you know there's going to be all these deals and stuff like that yeah
1: trade-ins and whatever Yeah, so we
0: know that it's going to be affordable in in through discounts and stuff when moto do it they tell us 2 days before that this is the price and then we're like you could have told us this 3 weeks ago cuz it changes how we feel about it and then suddenly yeah. you're like i got to re- i got to redo that that said, I stick by it. I think the problem is there was a time when Motorola was aspirational. It was an aspirational brand. It wasn't for very long, but I think products like the Razer are what can make them aspirational and then make people more inclined to buy that. At the same time, I think they need to improve their the price-to-value ratio of all of their products.
1: Yeah. I mean... We could go on about Moto. I don't want to. My biggest gripe with them right now is their pricing and their camera performance. It's, it's uh, to the point, as I was joking about multiple times on the podcast now, that we're using Moto camera performance as the baseline of bad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like, this
0: is very, very you true. We're
1: comparing them as like, okay, you're not as bad as Moto. You're good. Like, that's exactly what I want to say about this N20 5G, like tying it back in. So let's talk about the phone. We've talked about the others. This one is at 282 dollars right now it says t-mobile exclusive at that price right now but it'll be coming unlocked we don't know what the pricing will be but here's what you get for your money instead of an lcd you get an amoled but the compromise is it's not 90 hertz it's 60 hertz which i think honestly is a great fine. great compromise the other thing you get is the 64 megapixel camera from the N10, so it's kind of meh because it's, again, that same Omnivision sensor. But it's still better than Moto's at this price point, which is, again, that comparison. So would I say it's better than the N200 last year with that 13 megapixel? Eh, it's a crapshoot. The point is that the biggest disappointment in the cameras is not so much that it's okay but not great. It's more that there's no ultra wide. So that's, I think, something they really should have done The N two hundred didn't have a lot wide last year, but it was two forty. This is two eighty two. It's very close to the three hundred dollars of the N ten, and. The antenna had an ultra wide. So there's two sticker cams back there. What I call useless cameras, two megapixel. You know, a monochrome and a macro without autofocus that you're never going to use because you're going to use the two x zoom on the main lens to take a macro photo anyway. So why not take one of those away and give us an eight megapixel ultra wide? That would have been the smart move,
0: right? Those are just extra cameras for the sake of saying it's got three cameras. exactly
1: sticker cams so the thing though that makes this phone so good is the specs snapdragon 695 5g better chip than the 690 on the n10 it's And Benchmark's almost as good as a Snapdragon 765G from, you know, the Pixel 5a, right? So we're looking at pretty good. Uh, 6 gigs of RAM and 128 gigs of storage plus microSD. I would like to point out as an aside that the flagship sold in the US by OnePlus, the 10 Pro only has 128 gigs of storage. And does not come with micro SD. So, wow, for $282. But the thing to me that really, really makes this phone sing and makes me go like, okay, maybe OnePlus still has some of its mojo left, which is what I said in my review, is the design. Holy crap, all that thing looks so premium. Now, it's all plastic, don't get me wrong. The little metal circles around the cameras are real aluminum, though there's gold, but... Anodized, chamfered edges, very nice. But it's got that slab-sided design from the iPhone. But unlike the iPhone, they pop the display kind of to float on top of that. So it's got kind of like this really funky side view look. And then the back is this like typical Chinese phone, sparkly blue with this little... Uh, reflective band at the bottom that reminds me of the iPhone 5 and the iPhone SE, the original. You know, like it's glossy at the bottom, like the little band there. Super tastefully done. The camera pod is just essentially non-existent. There's just two cameras protruding with those gold rings I just mentioned. The thing just looks like a million bucks. It does look good. Right? Right? You get a headphone jack, you get 33 watt charging and a charger in the box, which, you know, you don't get with the thousand dollar phones. And I mean, overall, there's nothing to complain about until you get to the software. And I, I don't want people to come away with it at this point, turn off the podcast and go, yeah, suck it. I'm not going to buy this phone because the software. So here's what you have to understand. Compared to the N200 and the N10, this is still running Android 11, but it's not the Oxygen OS Android 11. It's ColorOS Android 11 reskinned to look like Oxygen OS. So that's what you should be upset about. But in practical everyday use, it's slightly different. It still feels very, you know, pleasant to use. It's just not. Quite as smooth because you don't have 90 hertz. It's also not quite as smooth because you can see there's a bit of jerkiness in the animation. Like, there's basically some optimizations that need to happen. And this is the thing that I think that for the core audience of OnePlus people is gonna piss them off. But for the average users who walks in a T Mobile store and buys this phone for $282, they're gonna be super happy. This phone is fast, it's snappy. It's a Snapdragon 695 for $282. You can't go wrong with that. And here's the kicker because it's got a 60 hertz display and a sippy chip, like six nanometer sips on battery power, it lasts forever on that 4500 milliamp hour battery, two days, no problem. So, what is there not to like? The cameras could be better, it could be 90 hertz, there could be an ultra wide. But the software could be the real oxygen and not color OS skin to be oxygen. But honestly, those days are over. Even the OnePlus 10 Pro has Oxygen OS that's based on ColorOS. OS And that sings. I mean, it's a different experience. I know a lot of you are frustrated with that, but just get over it. Like this, it's not gonna change. So you might as well just enjoy. It's still better than Samsung's One UI, in my opinion. It's better than ColorOS. Hey, hey, hey,
0: hey, hey.
1: It's better than LG anything. You and
0: I, uh, Miriam, we could talk for hours about the fact that it's not better than One
1: UI. Well, I disagree, but it's better than a lot of things and it's worse than Moto and it's worse than Pixel and it's worse than Sony. But that's about it. Used to be Oxygen OS was up there was Pixel, Moto, and Sony. But now, because Sony is only good because they do nothing, it's pure Android. (laughs) It's
0: because they don't put any money into the thing. They put all of their money into cameras and still fail.
1: I know. Moto is only good because they add those little things like the flashlight, chop, chop, and whatever. And then, of course, Pixel is Pixel, right? But look, it's arguable. I feel like One UI is fine i've gotten used to it but it still feels too samsung it's too korean i don't know how to put my finger on it it's like lg i pulled out some old lg phones the other day the wing and i'm like man this thing is korean i feel like i'm in ikea you know there's a vibe to it so
0: okay i disagree and the reason i'll tell you is i think it comes purely comes down to personal preference and this is why i think the you know to, to tie it all in you know the core One Plus audience isn't going to be happy with you know of course not based on Color OS because the reason I think One UI is the best UX on the like oh come experience. on Pixel
1: come on
0: not a fan of Pixel do you know why because there are I do not like the fact that so I'll, let me go back to why I love One UI why sure. I used to love Oxygen
1: OS oh yeah. The snappiness is gone. No, no,
0: it's not even. It's not even snappiness. I like having every. I can deal with a slight performance like drop in exchange for having every single option to change anything I could ever want. And this is where LG. This for, is where
1: Nova Launcher comes into play.
0: <laughs> I disagree because I think when I there was. Even when I use my Pixel, I get frustrated because I'm like, oh, I need to go and I need to download an app to do that. I need to go and that doesn't work this way. I don't do that. That said, I've been used to one UI for so long that it might it's a personal thing. And the core OnePlus audience are so used to a certain way of thinking and approaching UX that to then be given this,
1: yeah, no, look, is
0: what's gonna be an issue for them.
1: My biggest issue is not so much that it's not as customizable. My biggest issue is that it you can see color west through the cracks. You go in the settings menu it feels like you're on an Oppo phone, okay? You go, it's it feels like a Realme phone. And and that's okay for me because I use Oppo and Realme phones, but it's not okay for the OnePlus Oxygen OS crew, and I get that. But my biggest gripe is that telepathic speed that you had on the OnePlus 7 Pro, on the OnePlus 7T, even, dare I say, on the original software of the OnePlus 8 and 8 Pro, that insane like snappiness, like you, your finger, you
0: fly through everything. It's
1: like you felt like your brain could go faster because your fingers, it would keep up with them. And that I have never seen a phone ever, ever. It doesn't matter what. That is as good as the OnePlus 7 Pro and 7T wear at the height of Oxygen OS. And if you're upset about that, folks, I hear you and I validate you and I approve, I agree, but it's gone. That's been two years, that's been three years ago, folks. And we're not gonna get it back. And I don't think you can scream and kick until it comes back. It's just not gonna happen. So, my opinion, OnePlus 10 Pro today. With its existing color OS modified to look like Oxygen OS, and even the Find X5 Pro with pure color OS are super fast and slick. Like, I feel like it's almost there. Now, they're flagships and they're using the best chips and the best everything, right? But, you know, Pixel is not in that league. Pixel's never been fast, it doesn't, never felt fast. Moto, eh, not really. Nokia or Sony, which are also pure Android, not really. So we lost that. We lost a big thing here with Oxygen OS going color OS. And I want to acknowledge that. But at the same time, you can't change reality. And on this phone, the N25G, yes, you feel it. It's a little more sluggish than Oxygen OS 11 was on the N10 last year. But at the same time, it's not sluggish enough to slow you down and annoy you. It's just noticeable if you come from that past experience. And most people are not going to come from that past experience. And there's enough customizations there that it works. Back to your talking about... Uh, one UI. I cannot stand the fact that the app tray needs to scroll horizontally. I'm a vertical app tray person, and I cannot deal with that. Uh, it's the only like every yeah. single Samsung phone that I get right now. I put Nova only because I want to scroll vertically in my app tray, and it's such a small thing. That's why I just like seriously why. So I will say,
0: despite everything I've said, I'm. I still, like, I like a lot about Samsung's, you know, one UI. We are tangenting, but this is a, this is ironic, <laughs> okay? No, this is exactly what this podcast is about. I like a lot, but I don't like the fact that they get bigger screens with more dents, you know, and they still, like, every Samsung review I've written for the last four years has involved the words, but if only they one UI would decrease the grid sizes so we could... So we could have more options on the display, etc. So, aside from the Fold, which is a nightmare to run any other launcher apart from one UI on, I have my one S22 Ultra right now as my second daily, and that is running Nova.
1: See? So even you admit that one UI is flawed. No,
0: no, no. So, I never said it was perfect. I still (laughs) said it's my favorite, because Nova is the great home screen and the app drawer. But then I love the fact that I can dig into the settings menu. And this is why there are certain, you know, I use the Oppo Find N for a little while.
1: Yeah, it's a good phone. And font. I
0: really liked... I mean, I didn't like the size. I thought it was just a bit too short for me. But
1: That's actually my favorite part was the size.
0: I love this, like part of the software with that customization. I
1: hate the fold because I find that I do not have any use. Like I don't multitask with Windows. I multitask with apps on the screen and I flip between them like cards, right? So for me, having a bigger screen If I don't benefit from the real estate on half the apps, I don't care, right? But that's why I love the end because if I wanted a compact one-handed phone, it was the size of an iPhone mini in the front. And then if I open it up, I now had seven inches and I could actually use it one app at a time with a lot of space, right? Do you know what? I I didn't try to use it like a tablet ever,
0: you know? I've got the Vivo fold coming. I imported it and I cannot wait because that's gonna, I just want the cameras. That's the thing I'm like, The reason I use an S22 Ultra is because fundamentally the the cameras cameras. on the fold are horrible. But give me the Vivo. And if it's anywhere near as good with some customization, I'm like, well, let's see if we can daily drive this with T-Mobile. This will be interesting.
1: Yeah, you're not going to get 5G in the US. I'm telling you right
0: now. No, you will. There's a couple of bands it supports, but it's not a huge amount.
1: I have tested almost every single Vivo and Oppo phone. Here in the U.S., even though they have the right bands, they will show you the 5G logo. But when you actually check, you're in 4G always. Oh, well. Just know that. Even Huawei will show you the 5G logo on their Kirin phones, like the P40 Pro and P40 Pro Plus will absolutely give you the 5G logo when you're on T-Mobile. They detect that it's a 5G network. They cannot connect as 5G. They stick to LTE and it's always LTE. Do a speed test and you'll get LTE. Run the thing that tells Uh, you which network you're connected to in your LTE. So my friend, yes, you will see the 5G logo on that Vivo phone. You will not be on 5G.
0: Well, that's disappointing. That said, it will be interesting. I feel like like it's going to need heavy modification of the software. No,
1: absolutely. I think... Being on 4G is not going to kill you. Like right now, I'm using the P50 Pro from Huawei. The camera is fantastic, as you'd expect. And it's the Snapdragon 888 4G, right? Like it's the one that's like it's got the 5G disabled. And frankly, that thing flies. And it's just on 4G, I have zero issues using it out there. I mean, the lack of GMS is a bigger issue than you know anything on that phone. Everything else about it is fantastic. Yeah. The display, the wireless charging, the speed. You want Snappy? I hate to tell you this, folks, but grab a phone from Huawei with a Kirin chip, an older one like a P40, or grab that brand new Snapdragon 888-based P50 and use Harmony OS, which we all know is Android, and man, that thing just...
0: It's not Android. You're not allowed to say those words.
1: And man, that thing just flies. It flies. It's so fast. It's almost as fast as the OnePlus we remember. It. And that's the thing. Huawei has always had really snappy, like EMUI back in the day on the P30. Remember when it was still GMS? Man, that was one slick experience. If you have a P30 Pro, folks, hang on to it. Because that thing still runs GMS.
0: So I'm, I'm annoyed because I have two P30 Pros. One is permanently bricked. And the other, I broke the display. Oh, is that
1: the one you used to white water raft and stuff? And then it got wet and it's
0: got the camera doesn't work? No, it's, this one was one we tried to run a beta on. But what I do miss is the fact that, you know what? EMUI, that was another. I liked it a lot. Because yes you custom you you'd have to make some tweaks to it with like Nova and stuff like that, but what I really liked about it was much like one u i Huawei gave you the option to do everything,
1: oh yeah, and harmony o s honestly is other than the name, it's pretty much like UI you remember okay, so okay. that's I think you'll like it in fact, parts of the if you drill into the like you know menus that tell you like status and like. You know all that information, serial number, versions of software. It says EMUI on it. Part of it. <laughs> it's, like it's, so, it's so janky. They forgot to translate some stuff or whatever. I mean,
0: uh, you can't. That, that's that's a seven-hour podcast just there talking about Huawei.
1: But no, no. I want to segue quickly into. I'm getting a Magic Four review unit sometime soon. The Magic Four Pro from Honor, and that's the best of both worlds. Because as you know, their OS is still pretty much EMUI, but with GMS.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm very interested to see, you know, to go back to using some of their phones. Because Honor, you know, it's like, I'm looking at that Well, now. if you
1: look at the specs of the Honor Magic... It's insane. The, the, the Magic 4 Pro, right? Yeah. That was announced at MWC. And you look at the specs of the P50 Pro... Uh, other than the Snapdragon 8 Gen 1 versus Snapdragon 888, uh, look at the camera specs for a second and come back to me
0: because I'm just doing a comparison right now. You know
1: how it takes 18 months, right? It takes 18 months to develop a product from beginning to end, right? Yep. 18 months ago, they were still one company. So <laughs> these phones are essentially the same hardware, Right. And they're running slightly different software. You said P50
0: or P50 Pro?
1: P50 Pro versus Magic 4 Pro. Look at the specs right now. Do the the GSM Arena comparison. And you'll see, look at the cameras. Tell me you don't see some odd similarities there.
0: I do. It's just interesting. The only difference is probably the ultra wide. That
1: 3.5x periscope telephoto is highly suspect to be exactly the same.
0: No, that's going to be the same.
1: Including the main sensor?
0: The only difference is probably the ultra-wide.
1: Yeah, the ultra-wide is the only big difference. And in fact, if you look carefully, right, the Honor Magic 4 Pro spec-wise was pretty much going to be the Huawei flagship. So I think what happened here is when Huawei realized that they were losing their grip on the phone market and let go of Honor, they said to Honor, hey, you can take the, the lead, Right because we are going to focus on cars and other things so we can stay relevant.
0: Wow, hold up. Even the charging speeds, this is all... That's what
1: I'm saying. Look at the specs. The Honor is the flagship from Huawei, like it was meant to be back then before they split up, and it became that. And the P50 Pro is more like kind of a light version, I guess?
0: It's almost like the P50 Pro, like the Magic 4 Pro would have been the P50 Pro Plus.
1: Correct. But you know that there is a magic four ultimate that's even better than that.
0: Oh, this I got look I'm literally up. looking at that right now. Oh, look dear. at the
1: main sensor on that. It's a massive main sensor. That launched
0: one week ago. F of
1: a one point six.
0: So it's an f one point six. Oh, hello.
1: Yeah, and look at the size of the sensor. That's the only difference between the two phones. Is the sensor the main sensor is bigger and the f stop is faster, and then of course. Because it's got a sloped back to accommodate the much bigger Z depth of the camera, it has no longer has 100 watt wireless charging, has 50 watt wireless charging because it could make the coils. uh, You know, I think they have two coils on that for parallel charging on that 100 watt. So
0: wait, the no, hold up. The doesn't it have the Magic 4 Ultimate has four rear cameras.
1: Correct, there's an extra one. It's got the spectral camera that we find in the P50 Pro. Funny that. Interesting. This is a,
0: yeah. See,
1: spectral camera. Who else has a spectral camera? Hmm, Huawei. Hmm, same specs. Hmm, how interesting. No, this is fascinating. Like, there's still so much of that going on. So, in another year, if we start seeing similarities like this in these phones, I'm sorry to tell you folks that the 18 months is up. and. Like, Huawei's slash Honor are pulling some wool over our eyes because... That I, ain't
0: a bad thing. I'll, I'll tell you that now. Like, yeah, I hate the deception, but if it means that Huawei is it's a... It's not a
1: bad thing, but something's going on here. Like, <laughs> you know?
0: If there's anything to that, we know what's going to happen. They're going to yeah. very quickly... It's They're going to end up on the bloody list again. And
1: Well, some politicians have already suggested it.
0: Oh, uh, there we go and that begins. so it begins
1: anyway no but this is the, the, these suggestions have been floating around for 6 months and nothing's happened so i don't think biden's going to do anything but anyway i could be wrong the point is uh we look at that we had this incredible discussion we we covered everything about the n25g that i want to cover look it's a great phone folks if you want an affordable budget phone in the us you're on t-mobile this is better than any moto g this is better than any generic like Revel phones that Timo sells. I think you can't go wrong with this thing, but if you're a hardcore OnePlus user and you're on a budget, I'd say save your money and buy a Nord, Nord 2 or Nord 3 when it comes and import it Um, because you might not get 5G, but you're definitely going to get a better experience, even though it's still going to be color OS based. So, you know, maybe buy an old OnePlus 7... Pro and don't update it. <laughs> I don't know if that's dangerous, but you security updates are going to be an issue. Anyway,
0: well, talking of, you know, saving up and buying things, I'm so tempted to spend, and talking of Huawei, lots of segues. I'm very, very, very tempted to buy the Mate XS2. I don't know oh, why. Yeah.
1: Honestly, nothing appeals to me about that phone because it's just an upgraded version of the. XS or whatever, 10S. But I
0: really like my,
1: I have the, I think I have either the X or the XS and I really like it. Yeah, the problem with me is that it opens the wrong way. You know? Yeah. Like, it's going to wear out. It's it's not going to be a practical phone for most people. And again, Snapdragon 888 4G versus the Kirin before it, which had 5G, which was probably faster. I'm not sure you want that. What is better about it other than the different chip? Is it a better camera system? I don't think so. It's it looks like it's basically a very mildly upgraded Mate Xs or Mate 10s.
0: It's way cheaper. Okay. The original Mate Xs was 2600 US. This one's about 1500.
1: Okay, fair enough. This price is definitely And I mean they probably improved the hinge and stuff because you know they keep refining that. But honestly, you talked about the Vivo Fold. I'd get that. I'd even get the Honor Magic V, which is the folding phone from them before I got this.
0: Yeah, I, I will say having, you know... That, also, that's...
1: no Periscope lens on this. Why would you bother? You already have a phone with a decent camera. You want the Periscope. And that's where the Vivo comes in and where, you know, uh, what's the other phone that has a Periscope on it? The previous Huawei folding phone, the one that folds normally, they made one that... Oh, the... Uh... That was worth it. It's really expensive. It's not the pocket,
0: was it? No, it wasn't the
1: pocket. No, I'm not talking about the flip thing. I'm talking about a fold thing. Anyway, let's move on to the Motos. We talk about Moto and baseline camera performance. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha.
0: You're funny. I love it.
1: You know, okay, look, I reviewed the Moto Edge Plus a month ago for Geekspin. We covered this on the podcast. And other than, again, being overpriced, it was a great phone. It was the first time I've used a motor phone since the original Edge Plus that I felt was like, oh, you, you made a good phone. I'm happy with the cameras decent and et cetera, et cetera. But and wireless charging and all that but it's still too expensive it's missing a telephoto and it's got a plastic frame it feels more like a OnePlus 9 instead of a OnePlus 9 Pro if you do the equivalence, right? remember OnePlus 9 that had the plastic frame no OIS and some corners cut that were really silly but anyway this thing looks like it might come to the US as a Moto Edge 2022 non-plus because it's basically uh, you know there is an Edge 30 Pro which is the equivalent to the Edge Plus in the US and this looks like the Edge 30 which would eventually possibly come to the US as the edge, right? So you
0: lost me just in that, in that, in that one, in that one, like two sentences. I'm just like, hold up. I have no, no, I get it now, but I'm like, imagine that's if, the
1: problem with Moto, right? They yeah. have so many names for the same phones.
0: I love that we're both on the same page of like, it takes longer to talk about what this damn product is than to talk about what the actual product does.
1: Exactly, exactly. So the edge plus in the U S is essentially the edge 30 pro abroad. And we don't have an edge normal in the U S right now for 2022, but they just launched an edge 30 in the West of the world, which would be what we expect an edge non-plus to be for us. Oh God, that's way too complicated. I know. God, why? More Although, I
0: give, I give, I give credit to Adam for writing six lines that kind of explains it.
1: I mean, Adam is going to be good at that, right? Also, who you want Adam to write that because he would make sense of it.
0: Yeah, I, I'd be sitting there going, "Someone else take this." I, I'm not Look, writing. the this. takeaway,
1: folks, is that compared to our Edge Plus, this thing basically just is, you know, got a Snapdragon seven seven eight G instead of the eight Gen one, and you know, camera system looks pretty similar. It probably doesn't have the OIS anymore, and it probably doesn't have wireless charging, which the Edge Plus does, and that. You know, again, it's going to come to the US as an unlocked, overpriced, you know, phone from mobile. Mean, it's got
0: a 4,000 milliamp hour battery. No.
1: 4,020. But whatever. Oh, no, sorry. Close enough. <laughs> Look, 20 milliamp We can move on. I'm just saying, I want people to understand this phone happened, and it means very likely that we're going to get a version in the US for that. And because we just got the Edge Plus on Verizon with an unlocked version coming at some point in the future, I think the unlocked version is going to be a non-plus. It's going to be this guy because, you know, at the prices... See, that's what I'm saying. At the prices that Moto is asking for, the unlocked version of the Edge Plus would have to be so expensive <laughs> that it would be almost cost as much as an S22 Ultra. And at that point, forget it, the S22 Ultra is massively better, right? So anyway, uh, another phone that I think is more exciting that came out, since we talked about it, was Xiaomi earlier, who is the king whatever the queen of of part spinning is the Poco F4 GT which is the gaming phone by the way that Poco made last year as well they had a, a GT phone last year I have
0: to say this thing looks sexy
1: I know but the Poco phones always look cool and you know what they never send me the yellow ones like if you're listening Xiaomi PR send me the Poco phones in yellow it's your brand color like every time you send me a black one like look at the photo here in that article the the black one doesn't look cool. The, the it's the yellow one you want. So but here's the thing, yeah, the yellow
0: one has that almost like a gaming stripe to it.
1: That's exactly, but it is a gaming phone. Like you know it has these uh mechanical uh uh keys. So the the shoulder keys are recessed and there's little sliders you can go click and then clunk they come out, right? And then you actually get
0: oh, a
1: real like, shoulder button. That's the same they did last year with the GT. But here's the thing. This is a rebranded... Again, this is exactly what I was telling you about earlier. You know how BBK Group part spins, but there's slight differences between the models. This is literally exactly the same as the Redmi K50G, which is the gaming phone that Redmi launched like a month or two ago. So This is
0: wild specs.
1: I mean, look at the specs and look at the price.
0: What's the price
1: tag? Right? I mean, it's really affordable.
0: That's the... F- Yo! Right? It's... This is crazy.
1: I mean... I would buy one for gaming. Exactly. So I want to remind everyone that the Red Magic 7 and the 7 Pro, which is a little more expensive, starts at 649 in the US and officially supports T-Mobile 5G properly. So if you're looking for a gaming phone, by the time you import this thing... It's going to be close, you know? So maybe, maybe Red Magic. But the software on the Poco is going to be better than a Red Magic software. And the cameras on the Poco are going to be better too. So uh, tough one. But look at those specs. I do feel
0: like, I mean, a couple of years ago before, you know, the Chinese and the, the Huawei US stuff happened, there was all that talk of Xiaomi going for the, you know, eventually entering the US market. If they ever do it in an official way, I feel like it's going to, you can rip up the market and start again. It's going to be that, it's going to be that transformative in so many ways.
1: But will the Americans ever let them? That's the thing. Like, Uh, protectionism is so rampant in this country right now. I, I don't even think a Chinese brand has a chance. I think OnePlus is the last one. That kind of squeezed in somehow and i think a lot of that to do with Carpe and then t-mobile and john Legere. ledger that's actually how you say it believe it or not like is a it? ledger yeah i thought yeah. it was Legit. i don't know no, why it's ledger it's john ledger but anyway the point is you look at the specs on this right real quick snapdragon hn1 120 hertz refresh rate on the amoled right of course You've got 120 watt charging, like a couple of other Xiaomi phones. Now Uh, you got 4700 milliamp hour battery. You got an ultra wide, a 64 megapixel IMX six eight six, a true valued, well tuned sensor with Poco's imaging pipeline. That thing's gonna sing, and we're gonna get five G, of course, in some markets on this Wi Fi six E. Like because it's an 8 gen one, it's got all those goodies that come kind of come in for free basically. Big screen, six point six seven inch. Uh, I mean the
0: DCIP3 color gamma, HDR ten plus, eight hundred I
1: know everything is
0: just like, It's like this is really impressive.
1: Metal frame glass back. Holy crap balls, this thing is good.
0: The good thing is it it's almost certainly gonna end up launching in Europe, which means I will buy one when I end up in Europe.
1: Well, you should. And I mean, look, this is the thing, like you can already buy this as a K50G, right? From Redmi. Either way, you buy one of these, it's just cosmetics, right? And yeah. look at that display, guys. Look at the lack of bezels. Look at the fact that everything is symmetric and perfectly lined up. Like $532, so you know when you import, it, it's gonna be 600 bucks. But you know, again, the Red Magic has all that metal frame, glass back. It has a nice big AMOLED that's 165 hertz on the uh, on the Red Magic, which is crazy. But like, I think this looks way cooler. I love the squarishness of the design. It looks like more like an iPhone.
0: I just want the yellow back. That's that's
1: hot. I I've asked them for a unit. I hope they would just send me one. This is this is the hottest poco in a long time. Like as a main, this the thing about this is it's like the the Red Magic Six R last year, which was a gaming phone because it had shoulder buttons, but it looked like a normal phone, like it looked like a flagship. It didn't look like a gaming phone in the sense that you know it wasn't over the top gaudy in design. That's kind of what this is. It's a gaming phone, yes, but it's not sacrificing camera performance or usability. It still has a whole punch. You know, whereas the Red Magic, it's kind of big and clunky. It's got the fan in there. It's heavy. It's thick. You know, this thing just you can flip in your pocket, pull it out, look sexy. I agree. I don't know. I I was excited about this before I put it in the topics. And now that I've talked with you about it, I just want one so bad. Nirav, what have you done?
0: I have an ability to make people buy things.
1: I know you're good at it. (laughs) did you see the? did you see the nothing launcher what have you played with it nothing gave us their launcher for the nothing phone as a beta to install from the play store
0: so i've got to be honest i'll tell you what my interest in nothing as a whole is nothing Nothing. (laughs) and the reason being is when oneplus came out carl did a really good job of it became a brand that had substance there is nothing that has been said so far that makes me think this is anything other than uh, a way to trade on past successes, you know? Yeah. And even looking at the, the I'm like, oh, great, it's a launcher. I don't really care. I, I, it. Call it a cynic, but I'd be shocked if this phone actually had any value. And you know why I'm a cynic? It's because I remember the days of the Essential. When everyone- Essential
1: or next bit Robin?
0: Yeah, everyone went crazy over these things and they ended up in the grand scheme of things to just be a disappointment. I also think the the concept of calling a company nothing is pretty stupid. Sorry, Carl, I love you to bits, (laughs) but I think it's a bad brand because- It's- Yeah, it's mean
1: It's definitely difficult because it's confusing when you talk to people. Um, and I think that was kind of the intent, but it's uh, Carl sometimes just gets carried away in the, in the marketing and hype machine. Have you noticed that? And I, I, again, I, I love him dearly, but I want, I want whatever you were doing with Nord at OnePlus. I know that it rubbed the, you know, Oppo, you know, machine the wrong way because I don't think they made enough money on that phone. Cause it was so good for the money. And, like, I'm making this up. Like, I have nothing to back this up, but I think Carl left in part because he, him and Pete didn't see eye to eye on the future of OnePlus, knowing what OnePlus has developed into since he left, and knowing that the Nord was such a phenomenally awesome phone that really fit the OnePlus branding so well, but that wasn't the direction Oppo wanted to take OnePlus or, or BBK wanted to take OnePlus. What he really needs to do is kind of stop with the gimmicks, the weird name and the transparency stuff, which I think is cool. I've got the earbuds. They're, they're pretty decent. I like them. But, like, give us a phone like the Nord. Give us, give us something, something that we can sink our teeth into that is no nonsense. And I mean,
0: listen to this. The world, the industry loves Carl Pay, And yet, you take a look. I've just opened the listing for the Nothing Launcher. 416 reviews on Google Play, even though it's a beta. Total score, 3.0. That very middling. S- huh? says so much. This ain't average people downloading it. These are the same people that should yeah. be getting excited. And you've given them nothing to get excited about.
1: Exactly. You've given them nothing. Ah, but <laughs> Look, we could go on. But the bottom line is, if you're listening, Carl, and I know that you and I have talked in the past. Like, I love what you're doing. I want to see this phone come to fruition. But maybe like tone down the marketing a bit and give us more substance because... You've done Agreed. it before and you have an entire voracious early adopter tech savvy audience right now that's pissed off about the whole call OS, oxygen OS stuff. So, you know, maybe instead of like a weird launcher, I mean, it's not weird. It's just there. Uh, don't just give us give us an OS that's sleek. You know, that's what we all want and need. So, yeah. So, hey. uh, Let's quickly talk about the Pixel Watch leak and wrap things up. Um, (laughs) We kind of have to. Uh, Google I/O is coming up pretty soon and I'm pretty sure we're going to see a Pixel 6a. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see a Pixel Watch. So isn't this hilarious? I just put it on here because it's hilarious to me that, yet again, it was found in a bar in San Francisco. (laughs) Like, what is this with the engineers that work at Apple and Google? How is I feel
0: like they just do it
1: for the hell of it. You can be daft enough to lose a prototype in a freaking bar of all places. Like, what is wrong with you people?
0: It's the uh, running meme and joke of the tech industry. That said, let me say, this might be the only time I say this. I'm actually excited for this. I use an Apple Watch because we, by far, we all know it's like the best.
1: Best, yeah. yeah.
0: By far. The only thing that like, I like the fact that this is circular. I don't like the fact that the bottom isn't flat and it's this weird domey shape because, and the fact that it's not. Um, yeah, it's
1: definitely convex, is the word I want yeah. to use.
0: It's, and the fact it's these proprietary. Pins and stuff like that. But you know what's gonna prevent the Pixel Watch from being a success? Everything? Well, wait, 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 wait. If I could boil it down to one thing, the thing the the biggest thing that will prevent the Pixel Watch from being a success is Google. Cause they we are we do not know how they're gonna screw it up other than having true faith that they are going to screw up in some way.
1: I mean, they're already talking about a limited release. That's a screw up right there. And (laughs) then, you know, the other thing that we have to keep in mind here is that, you know, Samsung still wants to call the shots on this uh, Wear OS 3 stuff. So I don't know. Like I want to like it. I'm a Pixel user. My main phone's a Six Pro, and I'm very happy with it. Unlike a lot of people, which you know, I've not none of the issues people are having. I'm having with that phone. It's been rock solid for me. It's not the best phone, but for what I want and what I need, it' great. So I'd be happy to have a Pixel watch to go alongside it. But I have no delusions that <sighs> I kind of feel like Android Wear is over. Okay, like I hate to say, this is Apple Watch or get one of those. You know, like this Huawei Watch 3 GT, two-week battery life. It's a dumb watch. It's essentially, it's a fitness ban on steroids. All it gives me is notification. It tracks my sleep and tracks my fitness and health. And it does all of that really well. I don't need apps. I don't need to talk to Siri. I don't need to worry about, like, running Google Maps on my freaking watch, okay? I have a phone that I can pull out of my pocket for that. That's my take, you know?
0: Yeah, we'll see whether it proves to be anything.
1: Google I.O. would tell all. Exactly. Uh, How do you feel about the Europeans wanting USB-C and potentially forcing Apple to put it on their iPhones? I'm kind of into it.
0: I like it, but I have a feeling that Apple will go a step further, go portless, and go wireless charging only.
1: Yeah, and that's fine, honestly. It
0: will be nice to be done with Lightning, even though I now have 700 USB-C to Lightning. Because
1: frankly, MagSafe is great, right? And some Android phone have adopted it now. Nubia made a phone with perfectly compatible with the same magnets as MagSafe in the back. And it's, of course, Qi Wireless charging underneath, right? So I'm kind of like, they're not going to put a USB-C port on these phones. They're just going to give you a puck that clunks onto the back of your phone and has USB-C on the puck?
0: No, no. So yeah, right? they'll, they'll give you the puck to start and then they will remove the puck from the box.
1: Of course. But the puck here without a cable, is so what I'm saying. The puck will just have a USB-C port on it to give the finger to the Europeans. We put a USB-C port on it. Oh, that's genius. I like that. Right? See what I'm saying? That would be the ultimate FU, Right. Listen, I know we have to wrap up. Do you want to tell folks on the show where they can find you on the internet, your social media handles and all that other good stuff?
0: Uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. My name is Nirav. You can find me at Nirav on Twitter, at niravg on Instagram and on xda-developers.com and pocketnow.com.
1: Yes, folks. You should definitely follow Narav on Twitter and read XDA and Pocket now. Okay, so you know where to find me on the internet. I'm at Tank Girl. That's T N K G R L on Instagram and on Twitter. That's like the comic book character Tank Girl, but drop the vowels. If you want to chat about this podcast with Narav and I, please do it on Twitter. It's a good place. You can also do it on Instagram, but it's harder to have a thread there. Instagram is where you'll find pretty pictures of phones and pretty pictures taken with phones. I do a lot of pictures of cars as well, since I cover cars for Tech Radar. And uh, yeah, there is a couple of YouTube channels you should subscribe to as well. YouTube.com slash Mobile Tech Podcast and YouTube.com slash Mobile More. These are a compliment to the podcast with some visuals. You know how YouTube works. Like, subscribe, tell your friends, click the little notification bell, comment in the comments. You can also comment about the podcast on YouTube. I'll check it out. The main channel is all about smartphones, smartwatches, and audio devices, headphones, earbuds. The second channel, the more channel, is all about the other stuff that relates to your phone. Travel tech, car tech, home automation, that kind of stuff. And of course, the podcast lives at mobiletechpodcast.com or on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, everywhere good podcasts can be found. Please subscribe, tell your friends. And if your app lets you rate or review the show, please consider doing that. It helps for discoverability also we have a patreon if you really want to help and support the podcast financially patreon is the way to go patreon.com slash tank girl that's patreon.com slash tnk grl we've a bunch of tiers there one of them is to watch this podcast on video with my guest and for that you get kind of a more raw, less edited version, and you get it before the audio version a little bit like a day or two. So basically it's a good deal. You get to watch us, you get it a little earlier, That's one tier. The other one is, of course, a Discord server. If you want to chat with me, that's an opportunity to do that. So please consider helping out with Patreon, patreon patreon.com slash TNKGRL. And if you don't like Patreon, I get it. That's cool. There's a PayPal link in the show notes. You can click through and buy me a coffee or lunch or something and support that way. But again, your financial help will really go a long way. And I would appreciate you considering either Patreon or the PayPal donation link. Finally, I want to thank our sponsor, Audible. Audible's been with us since the early days of the show and they're awesome. If you love books as much as I do, you should check out Audible. audibletrial.com mobiletech mobile tech is the URL for this and it gives you a 30-day free trial and you get to keep a book at the end. audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. So you're going to say... Why should I join? Well, if you're not already a member, Audible's got an incredible selection of audiobooks. And, you know, if you're like me and you love books, but your eyes are tired because you work all day on your computer and you want to chill out at the end of the day, isn't it so much nicer to put on a pair of headphones or earbuds and just listen to a book rather than, you know read one on a screen even a kindle you know you can rest your eyes while you enjoy the experience they have a ton of selections they have short form content short stories they have podcasts and of course they have tons of books read by the authors an incredible selection it's fantastic so i want to thank audible again for being our longtime sponsor they've been with us forever and we appreciate them audibletrial.com mobile tech is the url if you want to support us click through and of course narav i want to thank you again for being on the show
0: thank you very much for having me this is always delightful i love it
1: absolutely we'll have you on at some point again in the future and folks of course we'll have another show next week so stay tuned for that until then cheers everybody
0: bye this has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.